sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful show we have for you today, Healing the Whole Person. And we're so happy to have Kyle Clement with us. Now, you've heard him before. He's coming to us from Texas. He um, is the assistant program director of the Leo XIII Institute, which provides education for exorcists. And Kyle facilitates priests who are learning to be exorcists and assists with cases of deliverance across the country. And you should know that Kyle is going to be one of our featured speakers at our up upcoming conference in October at Mundelein Seminary, but we'll be telling you about that um, on and off until then, <laughs> so we hope you'll come. But Kyle, we're so excited to have you with us. Thank you for doing the show today. Hello, Joan. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Kyle. And I forgot to tell our listeners, you told us that you're going to be speaking on how to gather the blessings of Eastertide. So this is very much of a resurrection show. So let's go, Kyle. Excellent. Excellent. Regina Chaley, Queen of Heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. For he whom you merited to bear, Alleluia, has risen as he said, Alleluia. Pray for us to God. Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary. Alleluia. Because the Lord is truly risen. Alleluia. O God, by the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you granted joy to the whole world. Grant, we beg you, that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may attain the joys of eternal life through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. We are in the rarefied air of Eastertide. We are with the risen Christ. And the graces to be had during Easter time as we conform our lives and our will and our aspirations to the risen Christ are innumerable. So often we get in a hurry and, and we get past this and, and we're not really living this Easter tide season. <clears throat> the prayer that I just prayed is the Regina Chaley. It replaces the Angelus during this 40 days uh, between Resurrection Sunday and Ascension. When the risen Christ was among us, it is particularly poignant for us as Catholics for three reasons. I'll draw your attention to three vignettes, if you will, about the risen Christ. And these are Eucharistic vignettes because this is the real presence. Jesus appeared in the upper room. The apostles hung on his every word. They had deserted him, all but St. John. And the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. And so I think that's the pervading message of the risen Christ, is that he holds nothing against you. Peace be with you, as long as you return to him, come to him, circumcise your heart. This is what he's asking, for you to be convicted by this encounter with the risen Christ, the real presence. 
we get testimony to the real presence because the second appearance, Thomas places his finger in the wound of the Christ. Thomas is encountering a real risen body, a true presence, not an apparition. And so I think this is key for us as a Eucharistic people who believe in the real presence, that this is not some memorial. This is a real person who has risen. This is a glorified body, and Thomas places his finger deep within that wound and is forever changed by it. The other vignette that I want to draw your, your attention to is when Jesus encounters or the disciples encounter him on the road to Emmaus. They don't recognize him in the glorified form, but they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Again, a Eucharistic reference. Uh, reference. And so this is a real presence. This is a real man breaking bread at a table, arisen from the dead, resurrected Christ, not an apparition. And then finally, on the beach with Peter and the charcoal fire. So interesting, so many subtleties here. On the beach, we are all Peter. Because Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? And it's interesting, the only time a charcoal fire is mentioned is twice in the New Testament. Once in the courtyard of Annas, when Peter is denying the Christ denying that he even knows him, denying even that he's a Galilean. There's a charcoal fire there, and it's early in the morning, right about when the cock crows. Again, Jesus appears at daylight. There's a charcoal fire. There's multi-sensory input that takes Peter back to that moment of betrayal. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Are you willing to die for me? And Peter says, I love you like a brother, Lord. And the Lord asked him again, do you agape me? This is a real encounter with a risen Christ. Christ is cooking fish. Christ is eating fish. This is a real presence. This goes beyond any memorial or any symbolism. This is Jesus Christ appearing in a glorified body a resurrected Christ, and the encounter with the resurrected Christ changes us. This is at the heart of our Eucharistic faith. And Jesus is asking Peter, will you die for me? And Peter's terrified of the, of the crucifixion. Peter's terrified of that that is in front of him, and he, he's telling the Lord he loves him to the extent he loves him. I don't know if I could answer any differently than Peter. We know that Peter does come to agape love because he is, in fact, crucified for the Christ. So real is the encounter with the risen Christ that people, these men died defending their truth, their story that they encountered the risen Christ. All they had to do was deny him to live, and all of them chose to stick to their story. I think that that bears very strong witness to the real presence of Christ, not some memorial, not some fond memory, not some spiritual communion. This is a real encounter, and we as Catholics find him in adoration. I urge you during this Eastertide to go to adoration, 
have a Eucharistic encounter with the Christ, the risen Christ, and let him look upon you and let him ask you, do you agape me? Do you agape me? Do you agape me? Kyle, could I ask a question? Certainly. Um, something that, that always troubles me is when they don't recognize Jesus. I don't really understand that. Can you shed any light on that, why they don't? I mean, why in the world? He had been around, and the disciples at Emmaus had probably been with him, and yet they're walking along, and he's walking with them, and they don't, they don't know who he is. I think that, that it speaks to our humanity and a lot of the way we interact with God is we expect certain things of God. We expect certain things of Christ. We expect him to appear a certain way, to speak a certain way. But this glorified body, this glorified presence is going to be beyond what we recognize simply with our eyes. And so for Thomas, it's a, it's a flesh encounter. For the disciples in Emmaus, what changed at the breaking of the bread? I can't say. What changed on the beach? I can't say. I, I try to find and encounter the risen Christ, but I still bring my humanity to the encounter. And so I think he's calling us out of our humanity, calling us beyond what we see, and calling beyond what is tangible into the intangible, into that rarefied atmosphere of salvation. And could it be that that he's asking us to find him in in people that we don't unexpectedly, like that we don't really think that that's Christ, but maybe that is Christ? Oh, I think that's a wonderful point, Joan. The thing, if we all eat his flesh and drink his blood at Mass, then are we not Christ? Is he not Christ within us? Right. And so we have to recognize that in each other. So I think it's a wonderful point. All right. Annie, do you have a question? Uh, I was, my thoughts were going towards uh, the idea that um, the apostles did have a hard time recognizing him. And yet, because they believed, you know, they did in, in that sense. And, but I always wondered why he never uh, revealed himself to those that didn't believe. You know, you don't hear of an encounter with, you know, the, the Jewish priests or anybody that w was denying him. I think it's a it's a point that he's he's omni you know he's always there there's always that opportunity when he's walking the earth if you're in his proximity but you have to have eyes who can see right. you have to look beyond what you're seeing with your earthly eyes and and look with faith and so for those who are persecuting him it's going to be very very difficult uh, for that to happen because they're there it's a willing blindness it's a willing disbelief and I just finished a book by a visionary, a, a, a 20th century visionary who writes the life of Christ in that Jesus gave her these stories. And, and it was it was mind-boggling to me to read that all of Jerusalem was was up in arms. Everybody wanted now believed in Jesus because the bodies were rising from the dead and all these things were happening. And people were being healed by Veronica's veil. And uh, so the, the priests were all afraid. They all huddled in a room. <laughs> yeah. 
and this never happened before and uh, they probably wouldn't say anything nobody would believe them exactly so the tide was turning to, to Jesus and they were afraid for their lives right Kyle well he shook to the very core faith as they knew it <coughs> and a relationship with God as they knew it besides the fact that there was a huge economic engine in the temple and so all of equal, all spiritually and political equilibrium was about to be upset had they yielded to the Messiah. And so there were all kinds of reasons, in this, just like it is today, there are all kinds of reasons why people can't follow Christ. They're too busy, they have economic reasons, they have cultural reasons, that they can't become a radical, a fanatic for Jesus Christ. Exactly. And so... So we can identify, certainly, but um, we, we are so grateful for the Eucharist, what the, this uh, is the living bread, the living bread, truly. And with that, we only have a minute left, Kyle. So do you have any concluding thoughts before we finish this segment of the show? Other than just to pray the Regina Chaley three times a day in place of the Angelus and let that help orient you back toward Christ because we will spend our life ad orientum or ad hominem. Ad orientum focused on the Lord or ad hominem focused on humanity. The choice is yours. That's beautiful. That's very inspiring. And so we can look for the Regina Chaley. We can probably find it online or in our Christian prayer, Catholic prayer books. Um, beautiful. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Uh, Bishop George Rassus speaking. I live in Libertyville, Illinois, in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Jesus and the Apostles have the spoken word one-on-one, -on -one, and yet uh, through radio and the magic of uh, electronic media, we can reach all kinds of people instantly. And so the message is in, as important or more important than ever in our world today, and I hope that many of us will listen and learn and come close to the Lord each and every day. God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back, and we're continuing a a wonderful discussion with Kyle Clement um, about how to gather the blessings of Easter, and it's just so inspiring, Kyle, um, to to your talk about to truly encounter the risen Jesus. It's such a golden opportunity here. Um, Before you continue, may we ask you to pray for some of the people who've emailed us or phoned us and we'll just take a minute or two and and I'll, I'll tell you who they are and then maybe you couldn't gather them up in prayer Kyle would that be all right okay. certainly okay so we have an email from almost a week ago um, for baby Matthias uh, who was then a few days old for healing for his breathing problems and for the wisdom and guidance of for the doctors that's baby Matthias um, if I could read through them and then you can pray for all of them, would that be all right? Whatever you wish. Okay, so, and then we have Rose, a friend of WSFI. She has now, she has brain cancer, pneumonia, and now fungus uh, infection. And so she's in, in deep need of prayer. Our friend, uh, Tom O'Connor, who uh, is a great friend and benefactor of WSFI, is you know, in his final stages of life somewhere, and he needs prayers. And then two people asked us for help with their feet. One, Diana, is having foot surgery, and another, Mike, can barely walk because of of foot issues. So those two people have foot issues. And then we have a lady, uh, Jerry, whose aunt is dying and needs prayer. And then lastly, for world peace. So it's a it's a lot, Kyle, but we, we ask you to give these requests to the Lord. Lord, we bring all of these requests, all of these concerns and all of these situations to you. We call to mind your precious feet destroyed on Calvary, but restored in the resurrection. We recall you're breathing forth your last, and that was restored in the resurrection. We ask you to send your ruah, your precious breath, your healing breath, that we may accept your will, that we may suffer and die well, that we may offer our suffering in reparation for the sins of the whole world. Lord, we ask you for courage and strength to join our passion to yours secure in the promise of the resurrection in Christ's most holy and precious name. Amen. Um, Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, I want you to continue with your resurrection um, stories. Um, join our passion to yours. Um, could you explain that a little bit? Well, our grandmother said it real succinctly when we would have an owie and they would say, offer it up. <laughs> with no further explanation. And so 
the offering it up is truly joining whatever you are experiencing to the passion. If you have a foot surgery or a foot pain, think of the destroyed feet, the precious feet that trod the roads of Galilee and of Israel, spreading the good news and bringing healing. They destroyed his precious feet. They're restored in the resurrection. He stands and he walks and he they're, they're restored. The healing hands that were destroyed on the tree, they are restored in the resurrection. I'm reminded my favorite resurrection story is about a grape. And this particular grape was the best grape you ever saw. He was round. He was plump. He was the best grape in his bunch. But he was so afraid of being picked. Because once he was picked, then he would begin to die. The grape, you see, had no idea that he would end up in a bottle of wine. We're grapes. We can't see that our destiny is communion with all the saints. That is the wine. That is the glorified body. That, and when you ask why they can't recognize him, you can't see the grape in the wine, but it is there. And so all of our knowledge, we may be the best grape in our bunch. We may be the plumpest, the roundest, the shiniest, but we have no clue no eye has seen, no ear has heard what the Lord has in store for us when we become wine. But you have to be crushed. You have to be destroyed. You have to be to lose your form that you recognize as a grape in order to be fortified, brought back, resurrected, glorified as wine. That is one of the most inspiring things I've ever heard. I hope we have a lot of listeners because... We can all visualize um, the grape and wine. And so I guess my question is, in order to be crushed, is, is that what we pray for, to, to, to unite to Jesus? Is that correctly? To unite to his suffering or to, or to walk with him in his newness of life? Is it both? Oh, it's both because you have to die in order to be resurrected. We want to skip the dying part. We want to skip the suffering part. Right. We want to skip Friday. We want to skip Good Friday and go straight to Resurrection Sunday. doesn't work that way. You've got to go through your passion. Now, the thing is, is as a human, no one gets out alive. We're going to suffer. We're going to die. We're going to age. We're going to be betrayed. All of these things are going to happen. The question is, will you use this for your salvation or will this work toward your damnation? If we join our suffering to Christ, if we join it to the passion and we realize that it has value, then we're offering it up rather than bringing it in on ourselves. The question has to transition from why this is happening to me to how can I use this for my salvation, my sanctification, and purification. And so once you transition from asking why to how, you're halfway to heaven. And so I guess that answers the question, how our encounter with the risen Christ changes us. It is hope. It is, it is the definition of hope because from he comes from the grave. He comes from the netherworld. He comes back triumphant. He's done it. He's been there before. It, it hadn't happened before, but now it has. And so if we join with him, 
his very life, his resurrection is our exemplar, is our promise. And it's what we say in the creed when we say, I believe in the resurrection of the body. What you're saying is, I believe in the resurrection of my body. And so, really, what, what I'm hearing is that even in the most terrible of things that we experience, the, the, most, the deepest pains or sorrows or problems are all... Um, are all they could be the shadow side of grace they could be gifts in disguise if we offer them to Jesus to transform them Kyle Very well I would take I would really let's don't even say disguise because they are gifts all from God is gift all inures to our salvation his will always and everywhere is our salvation so if it's happening to us it's gift the question is, how do I use it? Not why is this happening to me, how do I use it? And so, in your vast experience, um, the way to, to offer it to Jesus, give us some, a dynamic for that. Give us a, a lesson on how to offer it to Jesus. Okay, let's suppose that you are a... a, a, a well, let's not even be vague. Let's just be very specific. Let's suppose you have a 24-year-old son who's gone off to college, and during this four or five-year period away from you, he's learned to hate you, hate his faith. He's away from the church, and now he's decided that he is homosexual. So, How poignant is that? That's very... So how do we join that? A lot of people probably have similar situations. Thank you, Kyle. What you have to do is you have to simply say... I will pray for this boy. I will join my angst, my pain, my suffering at what he's doing to his flesh and his soul to the suffering of Jesus. Because Jesus is on the cross doing all he can do, dying, watching people jeer at him, watching people mock him. And he loves them still. And so this is what's really difficult is to love like the Lord, to love unconditionally. But at the same time, Jesus is not saying it's okay. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, what you're doing is killing me, and I forgive you for it. If the angst of one estranged child feels this, this badly, what does, the, what does an estranged world, what does a depraved world, how does that feel to God? Not that God has feelings, but you understand the point. This apostasy... We're feeling a, a, a singular, singular betrayal and a singular apostasy. We join that in reparation for the sins of the whole world. Um, does that make sense? Yes, Kyle. It's, I've never heard anything so powerful. Keep talking, but we only have a minute left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but okay. I wish we had an hour. That's quite all right. No matter what, what's happening to you, anywhere, wherever you are, it's providential. God is not punishing you. He's giving you the opportunity to join with him in the redemption of the world. This is the taking on of the sins in the Garden of Gethsemane. All of us would, would say, I would have prayed with Christ. I wouldn't go to sleep. I wouldn't be like the apostles. I challenge you. 
I challenge you to take on the sins of the world with him, to be there and to support him in prayer and to do an hour in, in adoration for that purpose, for offering everything in your life in reparation for sin. And, and, and so to do that, Kyle, is to really meet the risen Christ, to live, in, to live with Christ. Yes, we cannot be raised with him if we do not die with him. What, a, what an inspiring um, resurrection show, Kyle. Thank you so much. Would you give your blessing to the listeners now? The best that I can offer you is the blessing of a sinner who's working out his salvation in fear and trembling. May the Lord shine his face upon you and bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. Wonderful show. God bless you. Thank you, Joan. on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.